word is alive and living and real in every situation. Amen. Uh, so let's let's uh, keep those prayer requests before us. Amen. And uh, don't forget also, Jesse was excited about Saturday. He forgot to announce Friday. Breakaway. Amen. They're going to have a movie Friday at 7. So show up to that. Invite somebody who's struggling with addictions. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a busy weekend. Friday, breakaway. Saturday, outreach. Sunday, we're going to have Mission Sunday and baptism. Amen. So it's going to be an awesome weekend. How many excited for what's coming up this weekend? Amen. I think we're baptizing over 10 people again. It's going to be an awesome, awesome weekend. Amen. You know, the, never the Holy Spirit, and by the way, welcome for those that are watching online tonight. The Holy Spirit never ceases to amaze me. Amen. You know, when we get up here to, to preach or to take up the offering or to pray, we don't just get up here and do it. We pray. We ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And, and uh, one of the most amazing things, you've heard me say it before, is to know that God can speak to different people in different places and uh, put it all together. Jesse read out of a chapter I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach out of tonight. Joe mentioned a verse that I was going to use and didn't put it in. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us from them all. And so it's just the, the Holy Spirit just leads. So I want to ask you a question before we get started. How many true believers do I have in here tonight of the Word of God? You believe that God's Word is alive, living, sharper than any two-edged sword? It's dividing bone and marrow, soul and spirit. It speaks to us right where we're at in the moment that we need it. Amen? And I, I believe that this message tonight is going gonna, is gonna, is gonna to be a grower for us. It's going to be a nugget for us. It's going to be something that's going to carry us beyond tonight. And uh, I was already preparing this message. I had it prepared since Monday, working on it and getting the thoughts that I had before I found out about my mom today. So it just was a perfect lead-in that there are trials and tribulations. Amen. And uh, obviously, b breaking a bone is not that serious unless you're my mom. Everybody knows that she has been through time and time again, struggle after struggle. And so uh, we need to really pray for a miracle for her and uh, that she gets out of that hospital fast. But I want to talk tonight about trials and tribulations. How many know that trials and tribulations are a part of life? Now, how many know tonight that Joe mentioned that verse very Prophetically, God said, many are the afflictions of the bad people. Many are the afflictions of the sinners. Many are the afflictions of those who hate God. Many are the afflictions of those atheists and agnostics and Buddhists and Hindus. What did it say? Of the righteous. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. So everybody has trials and tribulations, and I'm going to put a little twist on this tonight that I think, not me, the Word of God actually is going to put a little twist on this that's going to shock you. It's going to shock you because you're going to find out tonight, if you don't already know it, that trials and tribulations and pain and affliction is part of God's nature and how He deals with us. And if the, let me just give you a, a, a good nugget right here off the bat. If you don't hear anything else I say tonight, the quicker you understand that, the quicker you understand that you are not exempt from str struggle, that you have not gotten a, a golden Willy Wonka ch ticket to the chocolate factory in heaven, amen, that once you realize you're going to have some struggles in life and sometimes possibly even more struggles than you had before you got saved, 
the quicker you realize that and you say, you know what, I'm going to have a good attitude about this. I'm going to look at trials and tribulations differently, which I hope is going to happen by the time this message is over. You will be ahead of the game. Go to James chapter 1. So we're going to have trials and tribulations. That's no doubt. There's no getting around it. There's no way to not have it. I don't care how hard you try, how hard you pray, how hard you ask, how hard you beg. You're going to have trials. You're going to have tribulations. You're going to have struggles. And he said, Psalm said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us of them. How many? How many? Do you believe that? Before we read this, I want, I want to tell you something. I want you to write this down in your notes. Our, so we're going to have trials and tribulations, but here's the question I want you to write down. Are they going to make us bitter or are they going to make us better? Are you going to let trials and tribulations make you bitter or are you going to let them make you better? Now that sounds weird that trials and tribulations could make you better. But look what the Bible says. I'm going to be using the New Living Translation for all the verses tonight. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind, now I'm going to leave this verse 2 up here for a second. And I want us to focus on this just for a minute. I want you to understand what he's trying to say here. This is where the twist is. This is where it's a little weird. When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Can you look at the person next to you and say, what? I know y'all wanted to say it, so I figured I'd help you. How, how does that make it, how many, let me just say this, how many have started to realize in your walk with God that serving God is a little different? It, it might be a little different even than you thought it was going to be. Maybe you were raised in a church, raised in religion, raised a certain way. Now you're starting to realize that the walking with God is really different than religion with God. Has anybody found that? When you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, now it's different. Now it's real. Religions just show up, check the box, get a little glimpse, a little head knowledge. But once you become now a fellow joint heir with Christ, now things are a little different. So he's, he's putting a big old twist on this. And so he says, when you have troubles, I want you to look for it as an opportunity for great joy. I'm going to keep reading here in a second, but can you just let that marinate in your spirit? How would life change if I get that news today about my mom and I don't freak out? I don't cry. I don't whine. I don't get mad at God. I don't say why. I don't, I, how would it be if I just begin to say, God, you're the king of kings. You're the Lord of Lords, Jawan. Amen. He's the Lord of Lords. He's in control. Amen. God has given us an opportunity for great joy, even when it seems bad. And, and now we can look at an opportunity of struggle. If, if, if opportunity or struggle is an opportunity for joy, that means the greater the struggle is, the greater the joy can be. What, what is the devil going to do when you get bad news? And you don't freak out. Just think about it. What, what is it. Because that's what the devil wants. The devil wants us to freak out. He wants us to get mad. He wants us to question why. He wants us to ask, he wants, ask questions, get mad, get frustrated, and, and, and do all kinds of stuff. But what if we said, oh, 
I remember when the Bible told me this is an opportunity for joy. And the devil's going to say, what? Are you with me? Let's keep reading. For you know... Now, how many know that you got to get some experience? And we're going to get to that in your walk with God. Some of you haven't got there yet. Some of you haven't truly been tested yet. You haven't truly gone through the fire yet, but you will. But it says, for you know, and this is what I want to say. How many have been saved in here for a while now? And you already know where I'm going. You can start to get to where you've got some experience, and now you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. When your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. But see, some people don't like growing pains. But growing pains are good. And God says, I want your faith to grow. And the only way you can get your faith to grow is if you have some opportunities for your faith to be tested. Some of y'all are looking at me like a cow stares at a new gate. Did you hear me? You cannot have your faith grow if your faith is not tested. What makes a muscle grow? Resistance. What makes your faith grow? Resistance. If everything is always good and perfect, we don't need God. We don't need faith. But he says, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, when is our endurance going to be fully developed? When we get to heaven. But we're working on it every day. You will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. How many would like to get to that place on this earth before we get to heaven? Where you can be perfect and complete, needing nothing. What would it be like for you as a believer if there's nothing that can shake your faith? Nothing. Now, some people are the opposite. Anything can shake their faith. But if we've been saved for a while and we're hearing the right message and we're in a church that preaches the gospel, we're going to get to a place where we understand a test is not God mad at me. A test is not I did something wrong. A test is a check of my faith for an opportunity to grow. Oh, I'm preaching better than your amen and me back. I know it's Wednesday night and you're coming from work. Hello. Is this the truth? Now, I, I want this to help you tonight. I believe it's going to help you. You might have to go back and listen to it again. This is one of those ones you might have to go back and listen to, but I want to help you with this. If God is moved by one thing, and remember... I'm going to show you in the scripture in a second. One thing moves God. Somebody shout out what that one thing is that moves God. Somebody shout it out. Faith. Faith moves God. Why? I, that, don't, you ask him when you get to heaven. That's how he created us. And he is pleased. Watch this. Hebrews 11:6. He is. How many want to make God happy? How many want to make God happy? Do you have anybody here that wants to make God happy? I want to make God happy, and so if I want to make God happy, there's one way that makes him more happy than anything else I can do. I'm not saying obedience isn't important. I'm not saying sacrifice isn't important, all, other, all kinds of other things. But this thing says right here that it says, and it is impossible to please God without what? 
It doesn't say it's impossible to please God without obedience. It doesn't say it's impossible to please God without prayer. It doesn't say it's impossible to please God without going to church. It said it is impossible to please God without what? Now watch this. When you're in a trial and a tribulation, what do you need more than anything else? Faith. So when God allows you to be tested and allows you to go through some trials and some suffering and some tribulation, he is just giving, he's not picking on you. He's just giving you an opportunity to grow. Now, I haven't said this for a long time. I'm going to say it tonight. It's been a long time, I think, since I've said this. One of the things I learned as a believer is how many know that when you're being tested, that can be called a valley. That can be a low place. Okay. But the devil wants us to stay down there. We, the devil wants us to live in the valley. But the quicker you realize, you know what? This is opportunity. Instead of sitting down there in ashes and whining and complaining and going, Oh, God, why? What did I do wrong? Why don't you love me? Whatever question you might have, what if you get hit and you say, eh? Ooh, this is an opportunity. To express faith. This is an opportunity for me to grow. What, what would happen? I'm just, I'm just throwing out that, that possibility to you now. What would happen in your life and in your family and in our church if we would all start to look at the situations of trials and tribulations like that instead of, what did I do wrong? Why is God picking on me? Why does the devil hate me so much? What if... The reason, and I don't have time to get into this, I might, I might even preach it Sunday. I knew if I preached this one thing I'm going to say, I wouldn't have got to anything else, so I'm not going to get to it. But what if, like Job said, God said to Satan about Job, have you considered my servant Job? I don't have time to go there. That's all I'm going to say, because I'll go off and chase that whole thing, and, and I won't get to anything else. What is, is it possible that God is bragging on you? You didn't hear that. Is it possible that God is bragging on you? Instead of you going, oh, God, what did I do wrong? Why are you picking on me? What, what am I sin- what, if, what if God is bragging on you? Have you considered my servant? He bragged on Job. Now, I'm not saying that you want to go through what Job went through. And, and, and one of the things that's great about reading the book of Job is I've never met someone who has gone through that. All that. But what if he's bragging on you? What if he's saying, I just want to show you my servant, and I want you to see what's going to happen when you let these trials and tribulations. I want, watch, watch what happens. And what if he wants to brag on us, but in that opportunity, instead of going, this is an opportunity for me to express faith. This is an opportunity for me to trust God. This is an opportunity for me to grow. Instead of doing that, we whine, and then God's like, man, I sh- oh, maybe I shouldn't have bragged on him. But I believe God wants to brag on us. Isn't that a different way to look at it? Read Job in your own time. Watch this. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And watch what it goes on to say. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. And then watch this. That he rewards, rewards those who sincerely seek him. So there is a reward when in trial and tribulation you sincerely seek God. Don't answer this, but think about it for a second. What do you do, maybe in your recent trial and tribulation, what do you do when you get the news? What's your reaction? 
Is it a reaction of sincerely trusting God? Or is God the last reaction? Do you try all kinds of things and think all kinds of ideas and figure out all kinds of ways to do things and then last straw, oh, let me go ask God now. I didn't, nothing I tried worked. How many know that that's not seeking first the kingdom of God? We should go to God first. Instead of calling somebody or asking somebody else, the, the, pray, the prayer chain's awesome, but let's pray to God first. Lord, before I ask someone to agree with me in prayer, Lord, I get this news, and I'm just going to take this as an opportunity, and Lord, I know you're going to work this out for good, and you begin to speak faith, and God begins to move. God begins to do something in that situation that you cannot see, that you cannot understand. God begins to do a miracle because you are sincerely seeking his face. Listen to this. Write this down. Trials teach us what we are. Did you hear that? Trials teach us what we are. Because, listen to this, they dig up the soil and let us see what we're made of. So, just like a tree that's blown over and destroyed in a storm that doesn't have roots, we get destroyed in the storm sometimes. But if we're rooted and sincerely grounded in God, then when that storm comes, we don't get uprooted. Maybe you're not there, but how many want to be there? How many want to be in that place in your walk? Here's another thing to write down. There's a few little nuggets here. God is not asking you to try to figure it out. Don't we do that? Don't we start to, here, how could, here's, I, I could do this, I could do that, I could fix this. God's not asking us to try to figure it out. He's asking us to trust that he already has. Did you hear that? He's asking us to trust that he already has worked it out. Trust. Watch what Romans chapter 5 says. Verse 3. This, this is going to be a, a revelation for some people. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Do you realize I'm not reading the same verse? You realize that this is a different author? This is a different time. This is a different place. Do you realize that the people who wrote the book we're reading went through more trials and tribulations than we could ever even scratch the surface on? Every single one of those disciples who wrote, the apostles who wrote the New Testament all died, except for John the Revelator. They all died martyrs' deaths. Did, has anybody in here, a dumb question, but has anybody in here died a martyr's death? <laughs> no, because we're here, Amen. We haven't even gotten close to that. But yet this man can read, write this verse, and as he's writing it, he's going through a trial and a tribulation we probably can't even con comprehend. They're in jail. They've been beaten. They're running for their lives. They know that they could get killed at any moment. The Roman government is after them. And he says, he doesn't just say, isn't it interesting that he doesn't just say, we can go through it. We can, we can make it. Don't we do that a lot? You can make it. That's good. Encouragement's good. But he's not telling us just to make it. He said we can rejoice. Is it possible that, you know, Pastor Bland mentioned over the weekend a couple times, another level. Is it possible God wants us to go to another level and get to where we actually rejoice 
in trials and tribulations. I'm telling you, if you want to make the devil go crazy, get this. He's not going to know what to do with us. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Watch this. And it says the same thing. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance strength and sorry, endurance develops, watch this, strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope, here's a promise, will not lead to disappointment. For we know how much God dearly loves us because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. So endurance makes character. How many want godly character? Job had godly character. Those apostles had godly character, but their character was tested. It was tested. And we won't know who we are. We really won't know what our faith is if we don't get tested. So just stop wanting to get through life without tests. I'm not saying that you have to wake up and say, Lord, test me today. I'm not saying that. They're going to come on their own. Amen. But I am saying, Lord, when I wake up this morning, I'm going to, tell the, I'm going to make sure the devil knows I'm up. And the devil's going to know that if a test comes and a trial comes, I am going to be ready and I'm going to rejoice in the opportunity to show my God as powerful and mighty and able and bigger and stronger than all the things I can go through in my life. How many want that to be your, your way you wake up? There are going to be some days you're not going to have trials and tribulations. Those days you're extra thankful. But what would happen if we would start to look at things different? Write, write this down. This is going to mess you up. God is more interested in your character than your comfort. Did you hear that? God is more interested in your So he will let you go through whatever he needs you to go through to build your character. Whatever he needs you to go through, because he's not interested in your comfort. He's interested in godly character. How many know if we're too comfortable, we're not in good place? Too much comfort is not good. Too much comfort makes us lazy. I'm not saying there's no, nothing wrong with some comfort every once in a while, but we shouldn't be looking for comfort and, and always comfortable. God says, I need to mess you up a little bit. I need to, I need to mess your hair up a little bit. I need, to, I need to test you a little bit. I need to let you go through some things a little bit. So you can suffer now so you can rejoice with me greatly later. Let's keep going. Psalm 66, verse 8 to 12. Watch this. Let the whole world bless our God and loudly sing his praises. Our lives are in his hands. Somebody believe your life is in God's hands tonight. Look at this. He does not say here that he will keep us from struggles. He says he will keep us from stumbling. See the difference? You have tested us, O oh God. And guess what testing does? Testing purifies us. How many want to be pure? Got to be tested. We want to have godly character? 
got to be tested. He says, you have purified us like silver. You have captured us in your net and laid the burden of slavery on our backs. You know what that means? That God wants us to understand the suffering sometimes that Jesus went through for us. We need more revelation of what Jesus paid on the cross for us. And when we have that revelation, we will be more thankful for what he did. He will lay some burdens on us. How many would allow God to lay some burdens on you? Two hands. Amen. That's all he needs. He just needs a couple people. You know why I can say, Lord, lay a burden on me? Because I know God has my best intentions. And I know the Bible tells me he'll never give me more than I can handle. Isn't that what the Bible says? See, church, we need to, I'm just going to hit this again because I haven't hit it for a few weeks. We need to get in the Bible. We need to read the Bible. Just because that was such a weak amen, I'm going to hit it a little harder. We need to get off the social media and get in the Bible. We need to spend more time reading the Bible and less time liking things. Can, do I need to keep going? I still don't feel like you got it. You know why I'm saying that? Because we're weak Christians because when the attack comes, we don't know how to fight the devil. We, we use our strength instead of God's word. When you have God's word in you, you can begin to quote God's word against the devil. Isn't that what Jesus did? And Jesus is pretty strong. He didn't use his own power, his own strength. He said the word of God says, the word of God says, the word of God says, the word of God says. You want to make the devil run like Joe said? You need to start quoting the word of God. Get the word of God in you. But listen, if it's not in you, it can't come out of you. And it can't get in you if you don't read it. His word is a light into my path and a lamp into my feet. He's, it's it's going it's to uh, light up that path of darkness that I'm walking in in this world, but I need the word in me. That's what we're seeing here. We're reading this Bible, and this Bible's speaking to us. So he says it'll purify us like silver. You've captured us in your net and laid the burden of slavery on our backs. Last thing, then you put a leader over us. We went through fire and blood, but you brought us to a great place of abundance. You brought us to a place of great abundance. How many are, are obviously want the abundance? But a lot of us don't want the battle. We want the testimony, but we don't want the test. Say this with me. It's impossible to have the testimony without the test. Do you know, understand that? It, when someone gets up here and testifies... We go, man, I want that. I want to do that. I want to testify that. But we don't want to walk in their shoes in the test. Amen? God wants us to have the abundance. And we're not doing these things. We're not sacrificing or suffering to be saved. We're, we're saved by our faith in Jesus Christ. But trials and tribulations grow our faith, and our faith pleases God. So if we want to please God, we need to express faith. Are you all with me tonight? When you get bad news, when you get a bad call, when you see a bad circumstance, what, I'm just trying to get you to a place of maybe you could react different. And when you react different, it pleases God. Maybe, maybe it takes us a while to come around, and as long as we come around, and, and I'm not saying, church, we don't, 
we don't reason. I'm not saying it's always going to be an immediate within seconds thing because our mind's going to work and we have to battle that. But we have to, that's why the Bible says to grab those thoughts and take them captive. To renew our minds and transform our minds to the, to the word of God and not the world. And think differently. How we think is so important. A gem cannot be polished without friction. Neither can a man be perfected without trials. Amen. As I begin to close, look at 1 Peter chapter 4. Look at this. Dear friends, do you notice that in every one I've read, it has been addressed as friends, brothers and sisters. We can rejoice. We can, this, is, this is an interesting thing. Don't think it's weird when somebody comes to you in a time of trouble and speaks faith over you. Let me ask you a question. If you're in a difficult situation, do you want some, if, you, if, you, if you've got a loved one in the hospital dying, do you want them to come and begin to ask you if you want to prepare the funeral arrangements, or do you want someone to come speak faith over their life? Who would you rather have talk to you? That's not hypocrisy. We need to be people of faith. We need to be the answer. We need to believe God all the way to the end. And then understand that his perfect sovereign will is always going to happen. You know, just recently, most of you don't know about this, but, and I don't even, pers- I think I've met them once or twice, but I don't even personally know them. But you don't have to personally know someone to be bothered by something. In, in, our, in, in my brother-in-law's church in Costa Rica where he pastors, a couple weeks ago, we, got a, uh, we have a, 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 t- a group text for our family. And he sent us a picture, and he said, pray for this young lady. She's in our church, and she just had a baby. And I forgot the name of it. Forgive me for getting the name, but it's where something happened with the amniotic fluid, and it got into her body when she gave birth. I think it had to do with the placenta, I think. And we, we got this beautiful video of this beautiful, healthy baby boy. And now this mom's fighting for her life with the very fluid that saves the baby's life got into her mom and the very fluid will kill the mom. And you know what? She ended up dying. But until she died, I believed with all my heart God was going to heal her. How many know that's what we have to do? We have to believe. We need, God needs some people to believe in the trials and tribulations that God is able exceedingly abundantly able to do more than we can ask or think. And if it's his will, if it happens to where that doesn't happen, that's on God. That's his plan and his will. We, we can't do anything about that. We can't go to hell over a mystery, but we can speak faith. And we can believe by faith. And guess what? The Bible says that's credit to us for righteousness. God saw my faith. God saw the faith of my wife. We drove in that day that she passed away in the afternoon, and we grabbed hands driving in, and we prayed and declared she was going to come out of that. Are you with me? Things are not going to always work out like you want them to, but that doesn't take away from the faith you had. What if God is working in you in that situation more than he's working in the situation itself? What if he's watching to see how you react in that situation? Is it possible that every situation that goes on in our life is something that's dealing with us to polish us? I, will, I don't even know that person. I, like I said, I thought I met her once, 
But it broke my heart when, I, when she passed away. It broke my heart that that young man is going to raise that girl, that boy, all by himself. He does, she doesn't even get to come home and see her boy. But at the same time, she's a believer, and she's in heaven right now where we all want to be anyways. Amen? So who won that battle? Amen? The, the boy and the, and, the, and the husband are sad, but she's not. We're jealous of her. Are you heavenly minded? Do you think that way? Or are you stuck on this earth? Amen. Do we believe that there's life after death? Do we believe that if she believed in Christ, she's in, she's in heaven right now? That, we have to get a different mindset as believers. We can't think the way we used to think. Watch this. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange is happening to you. Somebody in here needs to read this every day. Every day. Instead, that's why I put this in the New Living Translation, because this is real clear, be very glad. Look at me. So I have to be very glad. My mom's in the hospital right now. If I'm listening to the Word. Because it's an opportunity for my faith. I don't, I, don't know any, I don't know any other way to read it except how it is. Instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in His suffering. We don't need anything else. We don't need another explanation. Look at the person next to you and say this with, with, with emphatic voices. God doesn't have to explain anything to you. Do you believe that? Some of you need to hear it again, so I'm going to say it. God doesn't have to explain anything to you. He's God. Did you hear me? Do I need to say it again? I think I do. Some of you are like, no, but I do. God don't have to explain anything to you. He's God. And the quicker you understand that, you're going to get further along in life. The quicker you read his word, and instead of going, well, I can't do that. How can I do that? And just go, I'm going to do that. Because that's what God's word says. The quicker you're going to grow. Why? So that you'll have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. Leave that up for a second. Can I read that again? Why do we have to be partners with Christ in his suffering? Now, I'm going to, I'm going to, how many, leave it right there for a second. How many have ever thought, why do people have to be martyred? Why do people die such horrible deaths? How come some people are burned alive? Peter was, was crucified upside down. Why, why did, some of the, one of the apostles was filleted. So, some of these people have, have, have suffered. Stephen was stoned to death, the first martyr. Can you even fathom what that would feel like? To be stoned to death. Now, I said all that because watch what he just said in this verse. The greater the suffering, someone's going to get this tomorrow. You're going to be driving in your car, and you're going to go, woo! The Holy Ghost is going to hit you. The greater the suffering you go through, according to this, the greater joy you're going to have when you see Jesus face to face. That's what that's telling us. 
So those people that, that got martyred, those people that got stoned to death, those people that died that horrible death on this earth, can you imagine what the entrance was to heaven? No, we can't. No, we can't. But have you ever seen somebody in church do that Holy Ghost dance? I can't do it. There's probably someone here who could do it. I, no, I ain't even going to try. No, 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 no. You know, someone could do it, and they go all the way across the road, right? Dancing into heaven with the glory, angels rejoicing, heaven clapping for the death of a saint, and they suffered greatly on this earth, but rejoice wonderfully when their glory is revealed to all the world. So the more we suffer, not that we're looking for it, but if we look at it different, it's going to be revealed in glory. Let's finish. Go next verse. If you're insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you'll be blessed for the glorious spirit of God rests upon you. Amen. If you suffer, however, it must not be for murder or stealing or making trouble or prying into other people's affairs. But it is no shame to suffer. Look at this. It is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. How many are thankful that you are called by the name? Amen? Called by the name, the name that is above every name. The name that makes the demons flee. One last quote to write down. The only way God can show us he's, oh, this is for somebody. I know this is for somebody. Probably more than one. The only way God can show us he's in control is to put us in situations we can't control. Do you hear that? The only way God can show us he's in control, because some people are control freaks, is to put us in a position we have no control. And the quicker you get to that place where you, you just realize you don't have any control, even though you think you do, the quicker you get your hand off it, the quicker God can move. How many know when we have our hand on it, God can't move? Can't have, you can't have two hands on the, on the stove and two hands on that pan. God's doing something in your life, and he needs to be in charge. Lift your hands up. And that's why we lift our hands in praise. God, I just surrender. I lift up. When we lift our hands, sometimes when you see someone reach up higher, you know what they're doing? They're not trying to bring attention to themselves. They're just making a statement, God, I'm just reaching higher because I'm reaching down to my situation less. I'm giving you more control. I'm letting you take more control of this, God, because the more you're in control, the less I'm in control. And some of you need to realize and maybe are starting to realize that when you're in control, good things don't happen. Did you hear me? Am I telling, talking to anybody, anybody human in here? When we're in control, good things don't happen. But when God's in control, good things happen. Last verse. Watch this. Back to James. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. 
Want the blessings of God? God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Oh, Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I feel your anointing on this word. I know that it is doing something. It's doing something in me. I'm preaching to myself first, God, and I trust you. I lean not on my own understanding, God, but in all of my ways I acknowledge you, and I know that you will direct my paths. Lord, I'm going to look at every situation in my life, not as God picking on me or the devil mad at me or I'm doing something wrong. I'm going to look at it as an opportunity to give you glory. Church, what would happen in your life if you would look at every opportunity, every trial, sorry, as an opportunity to give God glory? As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, listen what I'm saying to you. If you'd get the faith to believe that God has already walked your, wife, your life out, do you understand God's already walked your life out? He knows, he knows the thoughts that He thinks towards you. He knows the end of your life. He, he, he has an expected end and a future and a hope for you. Why don't we trust God? Why do we trust us so much but we don't trust God? Why do we believe in us so much, but we don't believe in God? Is there anything God can't do tonight? Is there anything out of God's reach, out of God's power? No. Well, all he's looking for is us to express faith. All he's looking for is us to say, God, I don't understand it. I can't comprehend it, but I believe that you are in control. Take it, God. God, I can't wait to see how you're going to bring the... You know what? As that lady died, as that young lady passed away at 28 years old, as she passed into eternity, I said, God's going to do something. I told Carla, well, as soon as we got the news, I said, we can't see it now. But God's doing something. You can't understand, and you, you need to stop trying to understand everything. Control what you can control and let God control what you can't control. Because he's the pilot. He's in control. He's a sovereign God. I'm telling you, church, this is a message that will take you a long ways. A long ways when you begin to look at trials and tribulations in God's perspective. Father, I pray tonight that this word is resonating in the spirit of your people that it is bringing fruit right now, that it is ministering to us, God, to understand that, God, you are in control of everything and what you are looking for in our situation right now is not a question, not an answer, but simply faith. Simply faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The Bible says the just shall walk by faith, not by sight. Are you walking by sight tonight? Or are you walking by faith? Let me tell you something. My mom walks by faith. My mom is an amazing example of faith. Nothing shakes her. Nothing, nothing affects her. She just trusts God. She just wants to be in church. 
And so as long as that suffering's there and that trial's there, that means it's just a greater reward. Greater reward. As she says, Lord, I don't understand, but I trust you. How many all over this place tonight, you, you can't even fathom that because Jesus is not living inside of you. You can't understand that because you're not born again. You're here in this place tonight or you're watching online or you're here and, and maybe at some point in your life you said the sinner's prayer, but tonight Jesus is, is not the first thing in your life. Maybe you're watching from your car right now. Maybe you're on your living room couch right now. You're backslidden. You're running from God because you've allowed trials and tribulations. Instead of them being an opportunity for faith to grow in you, you've let them kill you. You've let them allow you to get mad at God. Tonight's the night you can say, God, I'm, I'm not going to be mad at you anymore. I'm going to understand that you're in control of everything. I'm going to express faith, and I'm going to say, God, you're in control of everything. And I'm going to count it all joy when suffering abounds because I know that you're using it as an opportunity for faith to move in my life, character to be grown. How many tonight could say, Pastor, I'm not saved, and you want to be born again, just lift up your hand all over this place. I'm, I'm here, and I don't know Jesus. Right now, that's you. God's speaking to you through his Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm talking to somebody who maybe, amen, I see your hand. I'm, you, you've been here for a while. I don't, I don't care how long you've been here. It, your membership's not going to get you into heaven. It's a salvation. It's faith in Jesus. I say this a lot too. It doesn't matter even if you've raised your hand before and even come to an altar. Do you believe tonight Jesus is Lord of your life? Do you really believe that or is it head knowledge? If it's head knowledge, you need to express it again. You need, to, you need to give Jesus your life tonight. You need to make a public confession that you believe Jesus died on the cross for your sins and rose from the dead to defeat death. And you need to believe it in your heart tonight. Not just your mouth, not just your head. Because eternity's forever. It's real. And it's just a breath away. How many more could say that maybe you're backslidden tonight and you, got, you need to get right with God? Just lift your hand up. That's me. All across this place. All I can do is present him to you. You've got to accept him. Maybe you're watching online tonight and you need to say this prayer tonight. We're going to say a prayer in just a moment. Would you stand to your feet tonight all across this place? Please stay in this attitude of worship. God is here. How many feel... The presence of the Lord tonight. His anointing is here. Amen. He's here right now. He's here to, 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 to make decisions. If maybe you didn't raise your hand, but right now something's telling you you've got to make a, 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 a confession of your faith tonight. I want you to step out of your seat. I want you to come down here and pray real quick. Just step out all across this place. We're going to pray with those that are watching online right now too. You need to come and make a public confession of your faith in Jesus. Make it real. Make it here. Amen. Amen. As a family, we don't, we don't judge here. Amen. God, sometimes we need to say, you know what? We're not, we're not playing the show up game or the, we, this is between us and God. That, that's the one thing we try to make is it's real here. Amen. If, if there may be a service that I step down in front of you and get saved. What do you mean? You're not saved? Of course I'm saved. But how many know your faith can waver? Your faith can waver. 
Your faith can be affected by trials. And you can get to a place where you're going through the motions and you, you doubt. Is God real? And then we just say again, I believe. Do you believe tonight, Ruth? Amen. I know you do. I believe. I believe. God is faithful. He loves you. Amen. How many know we're in a church that anybody, workers, the pastor, anybody can come and say, I need help with my faith. Amen. Things shake your faith. How many more? I'm going to wait just a moment. Have you made a public confession of your faith? I, I did this a few months ago. A public confession. Amen. Amen, Jawan. You doubt sometimes, but God loves you. I just got to believe. Amen? You don't understand sometimes, but boy, there's a reward for you, Jawan. There's a reward. The suffering, the things you don't understand. It's not something you've done. God must, he must trust you with what you're going through. Amen? Let's, let's say a prayer all together tonight. Let me, let me wait five more seconds. Anybody else? Public confession. You need to come and just say, I, I just want to, I want to make sure Jesus sees me go on record tonight. Amen. Amen. How many more? Amen. Amen. Public confession. Jesus, I'm being real with you tonight. Amen. This isn't about pointing fingers or what, what's going on in their life. If we get, if we go, what's going on with their life? Something's wrong. We need to be able to be honest that we're struggling. And you know what? Sometimes it doesn't even have to be sin. Did you know that it doesn't have to be sin? It can just be, I don't, I don't know if I believe. And that's where you have to be careful because things can happen where it can affect your faith. How many know, how many know as a pastor, you can get pretty shook up when you see someone like that. Can you imagine the, that poor family over there, that pastoral family, my brother-in-law and his other, his other pastor, having to console the family? Of a brand new grandbaby being born? That's scary. But God is in control. One of the things Pastor Jones said many years ago, I've never forgot it, don't go to hell over a mystery. There's going to be things you don't understand. There's going to be a lot. How many of those are a lot of things we don't understand? But let me go back to what I said earlier about ten times. God don't have to explain nothing to us. I know we want answers, Joanne, but we'll know someday. Amen? I'm going to wait five more seconds, and we're going to say a prayer online before we go offline. Five, four, three, two, one. Amen. Still coming. Still coming. We're going to wait. Where's your faith? See what trials and tribulations can, can, can fester? Doubt. We can put on a front. We believe. Listen, I can stand up here tonight. I might not always be able to say this. I can stand up here tonight and say, I, I, I have total belief that God is totally in control of everything, and my faith is not shaken at all. But there's been lots of times my faith's been shaken. And that's why you've got to get in the Word. You know what the Bible says? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. I said earlier, if we're too busy on the phone and we're not reading the Bible, we're feeding our spirit social media. So our spirit's going to be full of social media. But if we're reading the Bible, it's going to be full of faith. We 
have to, church, now more than ever, we got to get a hold of the altar of God. I mean, we're living in perilous times. We're living in times of where people don't endure sound doctrine. We're living in times where people's faith is being shook by things around them. And, and church, we can't just come put on church. We need to be real and honest. Let's say a prayer tonight. Those watching along before we go off. From our hearts. You know, let me say this before we say it. For many of you that are up here that are saying, you know what, I'm going to come make a, a, a statement of my faith again. The Bible says that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're feeling condemned, that's not God. Do you understand that? That's not God. Condemnation doesn't come from God. Conviction comes from God. Condemnation is from the devil. And the Bible says we are a new creation. All the old things are passed away. And behold, all things become new. Lord Jesus, we stand before you tonight real, honest, with hurting hearts, with brokenness. But we understand you are God. You're on the throne. You're the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. I believe you hold everything in your hands. Jesus, I believe you're the master of the universe. I believe you died on the cross for all of my sins. And you conquered death when you rose from the dead so that I can have eternal life because of my faith in you. Jesus, please forgive me for my doubt. Forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for my disobedience. Forgive me for my lack of faith. Fill me tonight with faith as I confess that you are Lord and Savior and Master of my life. In Jesus' name. In your mercy, write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen.